Hi, my name is Ali Vignon, coach of the Flyers. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hi, I'm Matt Niskanen. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee. Hi, it's Derek Graham. Hi, this is Bob Clark. And you're, you're listening, listening to, to Snow the Goalie. 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 And guess what? We are live. We are live on Twitter. We are live on Facebook. We are live on YouTube. Welcome into Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast, the People's Podcast, the Players Podcast, the Presidential Podcast, the Pedialyte Podcast, the Pandemic Podcast, the Prognosticators Podcast, the only Flyers podcast that, ladies and gentlemen, that's Anthony Sanfilippo. Find him on Twitter at AntSanPhilly. I'm Russ at Joy Abroad. Yeah, this is this is what this is what happens, Russ, when uh, when you're stuck inside for 17 consecutive days. You can't really go anywhere. You start going a little stir crazy, right? You do. It may have it may have happened. I may have gone off the ledge here. I'm really proud of you. <laughs> I know I probably shouldn't be, but I am a little no. bit proud of you. I think you look great. I would say Thanks, this is a market pal. improvement over, you know, the usual. And I think you look great. And I Appreciate think people it. are going to be excited to uh, to see you in this uh, beautiful way. We already have questions coming in on the live stream. Nice Wait, Shades you, LOL says David Mako. Yeah, you got to let people know, like, what exactly we're doing here. And Justin Kent says, yay, I thought you guys fell asleep. We did not. No, you want to explain? Let me let me explain what was happening here, Justin. Go ahead. So Russ has this grand plan, right, mm-hmm. to uh, live stream the podcast. You know, this way yep. we can make it interactive with you guys. You know, take some questions and talk, and just like we would do the press row show, which is awesome. It's a great idea, you know. And and you know, Russ is Mister Technology, and I I love his his uh, uh, ambitious approach to things. But then you know, eight o'clock rolls around, which is when I think we're going live, and I'm sitting here. And Russ is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, give me a minute. Just give me a minute. I got to figure this out. <laughs> it's never a good story. We tried it through Skype. It wasn't working. We tried it you know, through Google Hangouts. And that's what we finally ended up doing, uh, Hangouts, what you're watching right now. Um, but Russ was having a problem with the audio. He was hearing himself twice. It wasn't recording properly. And I'm sitting here like, son of a bitch. <laughs> like, would you just get this right? You should have practiced this in advance, figured this out before 8 o'clock. But, you know, God love him. It's Russ. He's that's why that's why he's our favorite person. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um. So we've got a, a whole bunch of things going on, and the only thing that's going to annoy me is every time I talk, I can hear myself. And uh, I I set you up for an alley oop, uh, making fun of me before when uh, I said I don't want to hear myself, and you said, "Hey, nobody else does either." So that's a great. Yeah, moment. that's good. I we see the uh, MDMA f- uh, for PTSD. Says that I passed stir crazy into straight jacket crazy, and I have another thirty days to go. Damn, Skippy! <laughs> I mean that that's going to be a thing too, right? Because now that Governor Wolf came out and said that, you know, the idea here is that we're going to now be on the stay-at-home order until April thirtieth. That's now changed the dynamic of what we're doing with our show. It obviously changes a couple of timelines potentially and potential moves for 
any of the major uh, sports leagues, although I don't think anybody was eyeing April. There were rumors that MLB might be looking to come back at some point early in May. There was a rumor that MLS might be looking at the end of May as a potential return. I think all along we've talked about hockey and basketball coming back probably sometime around July. It was rumored in the past week that uh, the NHL has started to ask teams to look into arena availabilities for their games uh, either in July and even as far as August with the potential that the Stanley Cup final could happen around, what, Labor Day? So welcome into our new reality, right? I guess. I guess. You know, I got an interesting um, message on Twitter from one of our uh, loyal listeners, a gentleman by the name of Tom Campbell. And I'm going to read this to you, Russ, because it it, it is uh, it, it's going to take a minute to read it because it's uh, got a little bit of length to it. I mean, not ridiculous, but nevertheless, it's an interesting question. And, and you know, and he sent it over and I said, you know what, I'm going to bring this up on on the next know the goalie, because I think this is a really interesting opinion. I'm not certain that I completely agree with Tom, but I, he's not it's not like he's got a, a real, um, you know, crazy outlook on this. So here's what Tom writes. Many experts are predicting that until a vaccine is manufactured and widely available for COVID-19, no sports league will let fans back into venues. But the NHL and and we know that that, you know, MLB with the deal that they struck with their players association, we know that that's the case. Right. I mean, they said that they won't play until they can have fans in the stadium. Okay, fair enough. But the NHL is not propped up by the same type of TV deals that the other leagues are. NHL's TV deal is $200 million. Major League Baseball's $1.5 billion. NBA, $2.6 billion. NFL, $5 billion. There's certainly a disparity. At the beginning of this mess, I believe I read that NHL gates account for roughly half of their income. That's pretty close. That number is far lower in other sports. Gates are a drop in the bucket for NFL revenue, for instance. The NHL survived the lockouts because they weren't shelling out $80 million per team and player salaries, which offset the money that wasn't walking through the door. Not even taking into account any money NBC may attempt to recoup should the season not be completed. If they play TV-only games next season, how does the league survive? Do players have to scale their salaries back 50% just to stay afloat? The problem is that the CBA is not up for a few more years. If games are to be played next year in empty arenas, which this is, I mean, we're down the road a bit here, but it's, you know, it's certainly a question. Um, It would seem they're going to have to rip up the current CBA and write a new one. I suppose they could pause the current and write a temporary agreement that would stay in place until fans return. But even then, the American worker is going to have to treat money differently after this. As people dig out of this economic depression, how much expendable income will there be for sports tickets, especially considering how high the prices are now? Do ticket prices drop? That affects the CBA as well, which brings me back to they have to tear up the existing CBA and write a new one where player salaries are scaled back and increase proportionally when the new salary cap is set in place based on new ticket prices and fans being allowed back into the building but considering that this is the nhl it's going to be a nightmare remember that a new team is coming into the fold at the end of next season additionally i think we'd all agree that the nhl and nhlpa negotiations are already the worst in the business as evidenced by three lockouts in 25 years in the here and now i fear for the health and safety of my family my friends and the rest of humanity but our bodies will build antibodies a vaccine will be available at some point this isn't a global killer but long term i fear what this does to the league can the nhl survive this pandemic wolf (laughs) that's some heavy stuff right it is it's really good 
That's really well yeah. put. It was it was really well written, really. So my my thought process is, so he's not. I, I think it's a little bit more doom and gloom than it needs to be. I, I think that the NHL will find a way back, um, and I think that they have plans in place. They cannot rip up player contracts as there. There's no way the union will ever go for that i mean they're never going to yeah. talk about a reduction in salary the players already don't like escrow as it is they're not going to change the escrow rules they're not going to touch this this cba um but there will be some sort of temporary agreement like he mentioned that will come into play into play for how it's going to work and i think that they're going to the, the nhl's at a spot where if they have to play games with nobody in the crowd just to get back and then make sure that they can have playoff games with with crowds. I think they'll do that. I think that's what they would do. Um, yeah, he's right. There's a big disparity in that TV revenue between um, the NHL and the other major sports in, in this country. But I think that if you're looking at, let's say, you know, they're going to come back and say, we're going to play the remaining 12 games of the regular season and we're going to do it in, you know, three weeks. Um, if those 12 games are unattended, They'll they'll survive. They have enough, you know, wherewithal to survive. But then come playoff time, they're going to have people in the stands. Now, I will point out before I know I've been rambling here because I was reading that thing and giving it a take. Okay, ramble away. But it was announced. I don't know a couple hours ago. And we're we're recording for those who are going to listen after the fact. We're recording about eight thirty eight. It's actually eight forty seven p.m. on March Monday, March thirtieth. It was announced about an hour and a half ago, two hours ago, that the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames are temporarily laying off 50% of their employees. Um, so uh, that's it's basically a furlough is what it is, but it's like a it's like a long term furlough. It's not like a one week furlough or two week furlough. It is a you're you're laid off until we're back. Um, and, and I think you're going to see that start to happen with a lot of these smaller market NHL teams. I, I don't think the Flyers will hit that point for a while, um, but if this does drag on, if this goes longer than than we anticipate it will, then it could start to affect the big market franchises as well. Well, that's a really rosy picture that you've painted here. <laughs> I think Thanks, there's Russ. A, a way to. I think there's a way to look at this positively, and it's there. There is a very high likelihood that that we end up having hockey again to close out the 1920 season. Um, now what that's going to look like is obviously up in the air. And while it might've seemed, seemed inconceivable, you know, a a few weeks ago that we wouldn't have an end to a regular season, you had brought up the possibility of a 24 team playoff, uh, tournament possibility of top seeds getting, um, at least a a buy in the first round or however it works out. There's been talk of a, a best of three series for the first round. There's been talks of a best of five up until the conference finals, then it would go to best of seven. I think the the positive thing to come out of all of this is it sounds like there's more hope that there will be hockey again. And it was interesting because today Chuck Fletcher uh, did the, the press conference, the conference call with the media, and he was asked a bunch about, you know, do you think there's a possibility? Do you have, do you have any real um, leaning either way on you know what you would want it to look like from your vantage point is there a model that that you care the most about and and he not only said that it doesn't really matter and the fact that you know it's just about getting back into it but that you know the the teams haven't even really had that discussion with the commissioner 
or the Board of Governors about what the next model would really look like because it's still so far away. Just conceptually, the idea of getting back to hockey and having that conversation, given what's going on in the world, it just, you know, it's not like he's got a leaning one way or the other. Now, I think it would be fair to say that I think what you had brought up a week ago about the reason that it makes sense for teams and for players to want to get to level pegging in terms of how many games have been played for escrow reasons, which you really, I think, did a very good job of explaining. And I would encourage people to go back and check out um, the clip that's floating around Twitter and, and Facebook over on the Snow the Goalie pages and on Crossing Broad. But getting getting these teams to the same amount of games, whether that's 78, if that's 80 it's important to make sure that you're basing this on the same amount of results. And I, I've seen people throw out the idea of well, what if you go by points percentage and that's how you determine the top eight teams in each conference. I think it would be safe to say that if you're a team that's happened to play one or two more games than somebody else in your division or somebody else in your conference, and now you're getting penalized because you have an extra regulation loss, but you're technically ahead of them in the standings, I think that you would have the right to be frustrated in in that kind of regard. So on one hand, I, I feel like we're in a good spot. I feel like there is a possibility that hockey comes back, and I think it's probably going to be around July. Um, I'm also, you know, I actually think it's going to be a little, I actually think it's going to be a little bit sooner than that, Russ. I do. I I think they're going to play in June. I do think they're going to play in June. When in June, you want to go early? Do you want to go mid? Do you want to go late? Well, It really depends. I mean, so here's the, the thing that I guess that a lot of us aren't thinking about, and maybe the leagues are smarter than us and they've thought about this, but we know we're, you know, we've been discussing this for a couple weeks now, but one of the things I guess we haven't thought about is the, um, the high point of the infection of uh, coronavirus is different in each part of the country, right? So we might be sitting here saying here in the Northeast, you know, oh, um, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we'll be done in, in two weeks, right? Or three weeks is our high point. And then we'll be, we'll start to slowly, you know, come out of it towards the end of April into May. So maybe we could sit there and say, oh, you know, start to have a little bit of a return to normalcy, you know, mid-May, right? Let's just say May 15th, for example. Okay, that's great. But in Florida, they may not hit that point until, you know, th- where we're at now until mid-May. So they might have to go later. So and then, you know, the middle part or of the country, which They might just have to go is, flat out neutral site, right? Right. That That's the thing. So neutral site stuff might make the most sense, which is why the NBA is talking about you know, Las Vegas and the Bahamas as possibilities uh, for them to play. The NHL has not really leaked that out as a possibility. I think that they want to get their teams back in their own buildings. But I think that that's a more realistic possibility because at least then you can put teams in places that you know are, you know, are a little bit safer than others. You know, if would you want to play in in Tampa um, or, you know, in Florida in mid-May when they're at the height of their situation, well, even though we're out of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know. I don't think teams are going to want to do that. So that's why Nor I think there's they. a possibility of you it know, going a little it, bit longer. Conceptually, it's nonsensical. I, I also have to just say, without being political here, like the, the fact that there are states that still haven't shut down large gatherings like at beaches, like in Florida, the fact that this isn't a thing yet and we're just going to let people kind of frolic about in the hundreds and the thousands and, and it's just a okay. Like that's nonsense. And I don't get it. And, and part of the 
the biggest issue, obviously, and it's already happened. And for the most part, I think a lot of a lot of college kids are back from spring break at this point. But like, it's not that that the beaches in Florida are specific to Florida and it's just Floridians that are there. You're talking about people from all over the country who conceivably up until recently could have been there from any part of the country. And what you've essentially done is say it's more important to our local economy to have these beaches open and, you know, to hell with anybody else that that might be from Minnesota or somebody who might be from Oregon or from Idaho or Pennsylvania or Massachusetts. And now all you've essentially done is create this pandemic bomb that you're sending off abroad. I mean, this is almost like if you play the pandemic mobile game, you you try to infect one country and then you start influencing, you know, by land or by sea. And then you watch as it hops over borders in other countries. That's what you're effectively doing in Florida. I mean, thankfully, New Jersey got it together and, and they've shut down their beaches, which is a good thing. But I don't think that there are that many people right now, obviously, who are going on spring break at Ocean City. They're more likely down on South Beach. So, no, if I were a player, would I want to have to go down to Florida at any point in the next, like, three months, four months, five months? No, because chances are there's a higher infectivity um, percentage if you go down there, even if you self-quarantine, even if you self-isolate to the hotel, there's a higher likelihood you're going to get infected there. So, like, it... What, What'd okay. you say? That's all right. You can you can rant. That's fine. Um, you mentioned the the pandemic mobile game. Yeah, my my kids and I have been playing Pandemic Legacy while we're sitting stuck in the house. You ever played that a Legacy game? The board game. You ever heard of the oh, board game Pandemic? I didn't, whoa! I didn't know there was a board game. Yes, there's a board game called Pandemic, and there's a le- and the pre- the premise of the Legacy version of the game, which I think you would think is really cool, is. It's a it, it's a progressive game. So as you play the first time, you play it once, and then whether you win or lose, like things change on the board. Like you put sticker, you rip up cards. You there's like special cards that you pull out of a box at a certain point. You have different um, objectives each month, and you play the over the course of a year to try and stop this global pandemic. So yeah, we're in uh, we're we're in the month of April in the in the Very global pandemic. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Wow. It's a lot of fun. Wow. So anyway, just thought I'd throw that in there. You mentioned the mobile sure. game. I'll tell you we're playing the so uh by the way, Russ, I know I see there's I see there's a ton of comments, but um I can't put the feed up on my screen, um, the technology technology issues. Otherwise we'll, we'll I'll hear us, you know, on delay. Um, so you have to read the comments. And I saw that there were a bunch of comments that were coming in. So I think that uh, I'm gonna right, turn that see. over to you and let we'll me see respond. what I can read. All right. So we've got Rich Roboss saying Positivity, too much negativity. Um, Rich Orbus said, listen to uh, Spittin' Chicklets. Kevin Hayes said that they will play the season and it would kill the players for three years and cap because of escrow, which you outlined in the last episode. Yep. Rich Orbus says, if they, didn't, uh, if they didn't play the season. Dave Sherwood says, miss you guys. Was wondering if Anthony had the COVID-19 when he was sick in February. Oh, yeah, very interesting point there, Dave. Thanks for bringing that up. You know, Mr. You know, I thought about writing uh, you know, about this pneumonia for, for, San Filippo over there. I thought about writing about this for, for Crossing Broad because I knew Kyle would appreciate it since he was Mr. Alarmist on this thing to begin with. Um, I, I actually thought about it. I said, you know, it's possible. And I did some research, and, and there's, a, there's some stories that are now coming out saying that it probably got here sooner than we thought it did. Okay. So I hate you. So I much. first started getting sick in eh, late December, it kind of went away, and then it came back in January. 
and it really hit me the worst um, late January, right going into February, around the Super Bowl, and then up through my birthday, which is, was the 13th, that, that whole week into the next week. So it was literally like a three-week thing where I was just really a mess. And the symptoms were identical to what they're describing for coronavirus. So, I, okay, did I have it? Did I have coronavirus? Did I get COVID-19? I don't think I did. And I say I say this because I've been around a lot. I was around a lot of people during that time because there were there were a couple of days where I started to feel a little bit better. I came to a couple Flyers games, as a matter of fact, Russ, if you remember correctly. Oh, I remember. Um, yeah. And so I came to a couple games. So I was down around the arena. I was around players. I was around media. I was at rehearsals at the theater. So I was around people there. Of course, my family, my kids and no one that I know. Got sick. And if it's that contagious, then I can't imagine that I had COVID-19. So I have so to I admit th- to you. I don't think I did. You ready for this? Go ahead. After, after uh, Pneumonia San Filippo made the reappearance uh, in the press box. No, I think, it was, I think it was around the time that you were like, um, I started getting this like weird thing. I have asthma. So I'm, I guess I'm, I'm at risk uh, yeah, more than your you average are. Joe. And yeah. so I had the moment where... I was getting these like weird kind of wheezy asthma attacks where I was taking my inhaler a little bit more than I I should be. And I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe I was just, I don't know, maybe it was just a cold. Maybe it was just a sinus infection that moved. Who knows? And here's the thing. And and look, probably wasn't that. And what you had probably wasn't, wasn't it. The likelihood of us already having been exposed is high, which is why I actually am more intrigued by the possibility that this antibody test that they're working on that can mm-hmm. show you if you've already been exposed to the the illness at some point that's how you get society potentially back to normal or whatever the new normal is until you have a vaccine what 12 to 18 months from now if they can get this antibody test figured out and they can prove that all of these people who are really worried right now have already been exposed to it survived it and, and we're good to go then you might be able to kind of get things back up and, and functioning. Although the the question is, and, it, and it's come out of Asia a few times in a few articles out of China and one out of South Korea that I saw, um, the possibility of reinfection, or was it that the person who initially was diagnosed uh, relapsed in their symptoms and, and really didn't get the disease twice? There are a lot of questions. But I, I will tell you that if you gave me COVID-19, and then that passed along to my pregnant wife and to my two children and then potentially to my parents who are both senior citizens i will i will hunt you down i will go straight yeah. liam neeson on you although yeah. thankfully we're all okay from what i can yes. tell it's we're, i think we're okay what other comments we got there you're right? gonna owe me a few like at, at least a few dinners at this point if uh if it was you yep uh rich Horvath says that uh new york was the biggest hotspot, probably the last peak uh, last peak drop is two weeks away. That's what Cuomo said last week. Yeah. Um, Justin Kent says hacking all over Russ's Swedish fish, and Dave Sherwood said get tested if you uh, if if you had it, you should be immune and not have to worry about exposure. Thing is, I don't have any of the symptoms right now, and I'm assuming that you don't have any of the symptoms right now. Nope. So getting tested really isn't a thing. It, it's more important that the people that you know have need the testing get the testing, and we're we're fine. Do you want to talk I about the uh, the the Fletcher press conference today? Because yeah, I, I don't think that there we was anything in it that was too today. crazy, but 
Yeah, we were on that Fletcher press conference today. Uh, you were uh, live tweeting it faster than anyone else, by the way. I should I should point out. I got to give you props, Russ, because, you know, Thanks, man. everybody does the same thing, right? I mean, everybody's on that phone doing this doing this press conference. I think there was, I don't know, 17 or 18 different media members on the press conference on the call. And everybody's tweeting out within seconds what Fletcher is saying, you know, to share mm-hmm. it with the public, which, you know, all well and good. But it's not like he was saying anything that was um, earth shattering. Right. So you, you, everyone was in a rush to get it out there. But, you know, oh, yeah, but it was not nothing that was really you know, like, oh, wow, that surprises me. But anyway, point is, I, what I want to give you props for is you your tweets were full two minutes ahead of everybody else. Like you were flying with that transcription i was impressed thanks man i was actually kind of impressed with myself i think i uh <laughs> do i still have the audio pulled up it doesn't matter yeah. um but it, it that was the first time that i've tried to uh to like live tweet the press conference as it's going on and so i i had my mic here i had the phone down on my table and i was just going back because I was like, all right, I'm, there's no way I'm going to be able to keep up. And all you can hear in the background is just as I'm typing. I was really proud of myself. So I'd like to thank uh, my middle school uh, computer typing teacher, uh, Scott Mattia, up at uh, the Pottsville Area School District, uh, DHH Lingle <laughs> Middle School. Big thank you. Uh, because awesome. he was the man who uh, taught us the importance of typing with the, uh, the little covers. Remember the covers they would put over the keyboards? Yes. So you couldn't look at your hands. And so, uh, yeah, I, he well, was, he was the best. Ours was a little bit different. They used to, they used to hide the, so they didn't put covers. Where you oh, they had to hide hands. the typewriter. That's right. No, I wasn't that type. I wasn't that, I'm not that old. <laughs> I actually had a computer class, believe it or not, in, in high school, but they had a, uh, this thing that you put over the keyboard. So you couldn't see what the letters were that you were hitting. Say that so, again. Like, so it was like it was a keyboard, but then they yeah. put this thing over the keyboard that still had the it was like a it was like a sleeve over the keyboard oh, and okay. you were still able to type on it, but you could not see the letters. So you had yeah, to know where your where your letters were. You had so yours was actually touching the keyboard. Mine was like five inches elevated over top of it. Yes, correct. Correct. OK. And we found ways to cheat, too. So it didn't matter. OK. Yeah. Interesting. Um Anyway, let's take you know, let's take got, these got questions. More... Let's take yeah, the questions some... kind of in order that Chuck addressed, and just kind of throw them out there. We kind of do this like rapid fire. I don't think we need to spend a ton of time because, like I said, nothing was earth shattering. But it, it's at least uh, you know it's it's something that's a little bit newsworthy. And it's worth talking about. Sure. So the question, so the question was, uh, uh, Chuck, does this help? Does this you know pause in the season help Nolan Patrick at, at all? And can we get an update? And he said basically Nolan went home to Winnipeg. Um, and that he's feeling well in, in terms of where he's been over the past few months. Um, but he did say it's hard to say exactly what it will mean for him uh, when they do come back. Uh, he's been trending in the right direction all along, but I don't know if that's a positive or negative impact other than obviously the benefit of time will, uh, that he'll have to continue to heal and get back. Your thoughts? Woo. That's what, it. what kind Woo. of thoughts am I supposed to give? Well, I know people want like I, look. I know that the question was asked because the the hope there was going to be Nolan is still working on returning to play. We think that the extra two months or so could be really beneficial for him, and we look forward to having him back with us skating. 
and the the shot of of playing in the postseason. But that was never going to be the answer that Chuck Fletcher gave. And I don't I, I I I've said this all along. I still think there is a high possibility that he doesn't play this season, even with the extra two months. What are we talking about? Are again? We're not talking about a legitimate difference maker on this team as currently constructed when you've got a a guy who has not played a single game all year. And by the way, the AHL did what to their season? Well, that's another thing. That's that's the interesting thing, although just just answer quickly. Well, they they can't they they stop their season. But the point is, and wait, did they 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 postponed it or they canceled it? Well, they canceled it. There's a big difference here, and there's and there's this just kind of comes back into my thing. The whole idea had been that up until what a month and a half, two months ago, yeah, that I he was going to have to go down for a conditioning but, stint, and but now it's not an thing. option anymore. No, it, but it, no, you're wrong. I'll tell you where you're wrong is that the whole league needs a conditioning stint when they come back. Every player. So he's if he's healthy enough, he's on par with everyone else to go to get in the in the playing shape. He, he just is. So, I mean, the question the question becomes, do they want to insert him into this lineup at this point with the way that the lineup that they had was playing? And that might be the no. That might be, it's not that, that that he's not capable or ready. It just might be a situation where it's like, we're fine. Don't change anything. In fairness, that though, I be. think that's a little – I think you're a little bit off base because – is the rest of the league going to need a, a possible, you know, conditioning? Yes. And he was asked that later in the conference call about, you know, is is the two weeks that you've talked about something that you think is realistic for these players to get themselves back up and running? And he mentioned the difference between being in shape for practice versus game shape. And I guess my only argument in this whole thing is the guys that you're talking about having been in the lineup this year have gotten into game shape. Now I get that it's probably going to be what a two ish, three ish month layoff. And potentially you could then say, all right, everybody's starting at square one. It's easier to get back in shape when you've been in shape. It's easier to get, I would think to get back into game shape. What's the normal, what's the normal layoff. If you're, if it's the summer, if it's the summer after the season, it's two to three, it's a couple months. And here's the difference. The difference is at least in the summer, in a normal year, when we're, we're not, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, those guys are skating all summer long. These guys aren't skating. You can't get into rinks unless you have your own backyard rink in Canada. It's still cold enough in late March, early April to still skate. Where are you skating? Where are you skating? You can't get in anywhere. I think I think if a guy wanted to find a rink, he'd find a rink. Well, okay. but let's be honest. I mean, you can't. It, 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 All right, Anthony, you want of... a rink, and you you want a rink, and I'm Claude Giroux, and I call you up and I say, "Hey, can I get yeah, in for a I, skate?" I I I get it. It's Russ, gonna happen. But my point is, is that what kind of real skating are they doing? They're not. They're not hitting. They're not. You know, they're not full team practices. If you're just skating, you're just skating. A lot of times in the summer, these guys skate with with friends, with other hockey players. They have sure. organized little practices and stuff. And work out on the ice together all summer long. This is different. This is setting everybody back. This break is setting everybody back. The the, the playing field is going to be leveled here. And so for Nolan Patrick, he won't have any problem getting into sh- the shape that he needs to begin to play in in games. The question is, do they want him to? And I don't think that they will right away. I think that they're going to say, let's try and go with what we had 
And if for some reason it doesn't look like it's working, that they're not clicking like they were in that nine-game winning streak, I would not be surprised at all if they say, all right, let's try and slide Nolan back in. Let's slide Nolan in there and see if he makes a difference. And where does he slide in at? 3C, 4C? 3C. I mean, Derek Grant can move to the wing. I mean, you know, and every, think about it. Everybody else is going to be healthy. We're going to get to the other player. We're going to talk about the other players. We Chuck addressed yeah. that. We'll get to that in a few minutes. But the, the whole team's going to be healthy. So you're going to have an, in, an interesting situation, you know, uh, who's going to play because now you're going to have depth. Now you're going to have guys who are going to be sitting out. You're going to have, and you don't have an AHL to send them to. So the, the league's probably going to allow you to carry extra players, like a yeah. playoff roster is probably what they're going to do. And you're just going to have extra, you're going to have black aces, basically. You're going to have guys skating, you know, at least the playoff teams anyway, who are going to be, they're going to have a bunch of healthy scratches. That's what's going to happen. And then when somebody gets hurt, it's going to be next guy up and who's in line. I think Patrick gets in line. I really do. So um, uh, that one was a stupid question. All right, let's get to this one. Um, you know, Chuck mentioned uh, Tanner Lachinsky, Wade Allison, um, both signing contracts. It happened that uh, we talked about Lachinsky. Allison also signed. Um, do you see them battling for a job next year? Or do you think they need a year or two of seasoning in the AHL? Here's Chuck's response. I don't know if they need a year or two of seasoning. These are players that will be 23 years old next season. They both have put a lot of time in at the collegiate level. They both have size and strength attributes that typically take a 19, 20-year-old kid a lot longer to acquire. They're men. They're good hockey players. I expect that they'll challenge for spots right away. Whether they can make it, time will tell. They're players that are very close to being able to step in and play. I thought that was an interesting response. Why? Well, because... I, I'm not sure. I mean, look, who knows? I mean, one of these guys could have a a great off season. <laughs> you know, one of these guys could come in uh, whenever they decide to start the 2020-2021 season. Uh, you know, training camp in October, season starts in November. Who knows? Whatever it's going to be, um, and come in and just be fantastic. And they could surprise. They could be this year's. You know, Connor Bunneman. This year's. Um, you know. Uh, who else made the team? Carson Torinsky, right? It's kind of surprised us, you know, while Frost and Farabee were sent down at the start of the season and Phil Myers. So maybe they could be that surprised. But to hear him say things like, and, and I don't disagree with him, you know, when you're 23 years old, you know, it's a different, you're, you're physically in a different place. Okay. So they're going to compete, they're going to challenge for spots. And so it's going to be interesting to see how the Flyers approach. The offseason, because now you got two guys who mm, they probably are going to start in the AHL, but they're knocking on the door. They're your first call ups if you need somebody to play wing next year. I think that that's a I think his response was a very telling response. I think if they felt like they I think really he had an even more telling response. What's that? I think he had an even more telling response a little bit later when he kept, uh, talked about the UFAs and RFAs kind of goes in line with this. But keep going. Yeah, well, I, I, that, it's interesting. He also talked about some other college kids who are making decisions mm-hmm. about whether they're going to come out of college, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, they, they, they need to go back. They need to go back. You know, they need more time. I think if, if these guys, if Lachinsky and Allison were really guys who needed time to develop, they would say, hey, they're going to compete, and who knows, they might get a job, but they probably need some time to develop in the A. He didn't say that. So that tells me that they think a little bit higher of these two guys um, you know, then then they probably then most of us probably do. I think that there's a shot that one or both of them can make the team next year. Whether or not they do will be up to them. It's a good point. 
Yeah. So people um, should get excited. They should buy their Wade Allison uh, shirts. <laughs> um, just to, just to kind of, you know, I'm tired of talking about the virus, but question was fair question. With the spread of the virus, was there any fear to the player or staff member was affected or exposed in any way? Um, Chuck gave a long answer, but basically said no. There was there was nobody who they were worried about being in that in that case. Um, uh, everybody's been heeding the advice of the NHL, self isolating, and they're doing the best that they can every day to stay self isolated and be home with their families and not be out. So there's you know no thought, even though we have two Ottawa Senators players, I think two Colorado Avalanche players are the only NHL players who have uh, uh, publicly stated that they are that they are COVID positive, um, but uh, no Flyers at this point. Um, That's a relief. Uh, he talked a little bit about checking in with his staff, checking in with his coaches, which is irrelevant stuff. Just kind of like, oh yeah, well, you know we're, what? we're talking, we're emailing. There is what? There's somebody Go worth ahead. checking in with, and that's our fine friends over at Odd Logic Brewing Company. Point at them, Anthony. <laughs> Point to the people who are here on the live stream. Boom. Go ahead. Come on. This is going to be like, uh, uh, what was it, Captain Planet? Come on. What's the thing? Yeah, I'm, I'm put pointing. Put the, the pointing. rings together. Yeah. What was? Wasn't that Captain Planet? I don't know what the hell you're talking about, Russ. When the when the, the the kids they would do the thing, they had like the rings. They had the rings. They put them together and then they would. Whoo, 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 whoo. The kids would put their rings together. You talking about yeah, the like Wonder Twins? No, but we could do that. All right, here, let's go. Wonder Twin powers activate. Boom! Come on, get in on it. Watching you do this is is amazing. Well, I yes. don't even know where I'm pointing. There we go. I'm looking. I'm, I'm oh, looking because the... you're not watching the stream. Yeah, oh. where is it? Oh, that's why. Oh, shame. It's really close to your to your mic. Very close. So close. Yeah, about there. A little bit yeah. over. To your All right, whatever. left or something. Anyway. I'm trying. Our friends over at Odd Logic Brewing Company, located at 500 Bristol Pike in Bristol, PA. Fantastic place to go. Now, listen. Obviously, they are not open indoors for you to sit down and have yourself a fine beer. But fear not. They've been working some curbside service. Uh, I think that they, they've been talking about potentially doing some kind of delivery. They're sold out of their 16-ounce Crowlers, but they do have 32-ounce Growlers left. Uh, the glass is free of charge. You could also bring in your own. They'll clean it and sanitize it, bring it out to your car to limit any kind of potential contact. But you can go out, check out our friends at Odd Logic Brewing Company. Of course, you know we've been saying this for a while now, but during this, uh, this pandemic and the fact that now Governor Tom Wolf has extended the stay-at-home order through April 30th, now is about as big of a time as ever to support your local businesses. And whether that's a direct infusion of capital by buying a gift card to your favorite restaurant or to your favorite brewery, like Odd Logic Brewing Company, uh, they, they could use all the help they can get. And so make sure that, uh, you know, if you haven't been out there yet, 500 Bristol Pike and Bristol PA, tell them that you heard about them over on uh, Snow the Goalie or Crossing Broad or the Press Row Show or Crossing Broadcast and, and let them know. Um, but they, they've got some excellent, by the way, some excellent apparel available over on their site at oddlogicbrewingcompany.com. Uh, they've got their glassware. I always like their logo. I think it actually looks like a tech company, which I think is the point, and it's a very cool logo. I like it a lot. By the way, if you're a doctor, a nurse, an EMT, hospital staff, police, firemen, teachers, any public servant, uh, you can go and uh, use the promo code Thank You at checkout. And uh, you can order online and head over there and pick it up. Use the code thank you. Get 10% off. So if you're a public servant, you're still working through all of this. Um, you know, 
it's a it's a cool thing that they're offering up to uh, to the people who are on the front lines of this thing. And you know, I think we've said this before, but a big thank you to uh, everybody who's out there right now, keeping everyone safe and working in hospitals and working in the healthcare field. Uh, you know, can't do any of this without you. Odd Logic Brewing Company. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You know what else that they I, did? What? It's kind of a neat thing. It, it, this just this goes to show, like what their um, you know what what their focus is because it's not it's not. I mean, obviously they're a business, right? And they want to they mm-hmm. want to be a successful business. But you know, in in times like this where you know it's so uncertain, they did a thing called local business bingo, mm-hmm. um, and they did a thing where anyone who would go by and pick up um, uh, last this was last week. Um, anybody who picked up uh, a purchase from them all weekend was given a bingo card, and the the deal was if you visited any of the spot, any of the local businesses uh, up in their area uh, near in Bristol uh, on the card, if you visit all of them, as well as pick up uh, other gift cards from some other small businesses in the area, the first three people that brought the bingo card bingo cards back with proof of purchase got a bunch of like free free prizes and gift cards apparel and free beer yeah just because and, and you by were the way supporting... like as you mentioned you know some of those were other breweries so it's yes. you know it, it's all about supporting the local and and kudos to them yeah that's why we like yeah. them so much yeah good guys out there good guys so when this whole anyway. thing is over we're gonna go out and, and do a thing do a yeah. thing again odd logic brewing company hopefully yeah. you won't have covid19 or yeah. pneumonia or whatever you call it <laughs> All right, so uh, back to uh, back to Chuck Fletcher. Um, this was an interesting question too. There were a lot of proposals. There's been a lot of proposals floating around. Is there any one that you prefer that the season starts with the playoffs? Obviously, it's going to be later than normal. Is there any playoff format that he prefers? And he said, "Not really. We're fine with anything that they put forward." But to me, the more hockey, the better. That was it. And then he says, whatever it ends up being, it ends up being. I'm not particularly led to anything. There's a lot of ideas out there, a lot of creative solutions. It's a good way to pass the time right now. But until things change and we have more information, it's going to be hard to know what will happen. But I thought the sentence to me, the more hockey, the better. I think that's him kind of letting us know that they plan on doing a lot of hockey. <laughs> yeah, whether it's whether it's what but I you know talked what? about a couple weeks ago with more teams in the playoffs, or whether it's finish the regular season and then have the playoffs, they're going to have a lot of lot of hockey when they come back. In fairness, what do you expect a hockey lifer to say? It's not like he's going to go out of his way to say you know something to the effect of, "Well, you know, I yeah, I'd be happy with uh, us coming back for a uh, you know a three game playoff series." Of course, he's oh, not going to say that. My young Padawan, let me let me teach you a little bit of something about coach speak you gotta you gotta pull the uh the hood up a little bit more right yeah i know right a little, little palatine I, I could actually go down further and then i could be like the emperor right no right, but right. um i i think that the, the the thing that i'm the, i want to point out is is that in coach speak a lot of times the answer that is real kind of is buried in the answer i mean not always sometimes it's just BS that they're throwing at you. And and a lot of his answers are just, you know, typical BS that, you know, it, he's not a coach. He's a ma- general manager, but still same concept. Um, but when he says, you know, no, not really. We're fine with anything they put forward. He just gave you two answers that were just, it doesn't matter. And then he says, the more hockey, the better. So the third thing he says, 
and we know that things are we think as humans we think in threes right triads this is a thing the third answer he gives you to me the more hockey the better and then he goes back to oh well, whatever it ends up being it ends up being i'm not particularly particular to anything but that one little nugget in there tells you that they're going to play a lot of hockey and whether again whether it's more teams or finish the regular season they plan their number one plan even though it hasn't been solidified their number one plan is to play a lot of hockey and do it this summer and stretch it into into the end of the summer that's their plan and they're they're hoping to do it all right no you're not on board with this you think i'm you think i I'm think just anybody's gonna want it more right? hockey yeah, but I get it, Russ. But it, it's it's sometimes sometimes this is what the, they don't want you to think that they're saying anything, but they t- they still say something in that answer. And I think that that's Chuck's thing. I think that's where his answer is. I think that's where there's something in his answer. Well, then that's fine. That would be nice. Let's get a full season. Yeah, I mean, more opportunities for me and you. So, pal. Fo- so let's let's just let's just dive into it a little bit. The following up follow up question to that was. Chuck, is it important to you that this season doesn't get that the, that this season does get uh, the Stanley Cup this, uh, gets handed out this season, even though it'll be late? Is there or is there at some point where you just call it and get started again on next season? And he says, "Well, when you have time, use it." I just think there's that was, no sense. That was telling. Making... What's that? I said that was telling. What's the? It's what I'm telling you. It's what I'm. It's what I'm saying. When you have time, use it. He's saying it again without saying it. Like, the last question was about – so this is the game that the media and their subjects play. A question is asked. The subject really doesn't want to answer, but maybe he gives you a little something. The media asks the same question just in a different way and tries to get a different answer out out of the subject matter, and the subject answers slightly differently this time. It's the same thing. They're going to play a lot of games. They're going to play a lot of hockey, and they're going to do it in the time that they have available. And they're not worried about next season. They're going to play a full season. If it starts late, it starts late. If it dr- runs into you know June next year, you know whatever, fine. They'll make it work. They'll figure it out. If it takes a couple of years to get back onto the old schedule, that's it's fine. They'll they'll get there. That's what they're going to do. I mean, we had this conversation last week about you know it would actually be nice and, and potentially beneficial for the NHL to decouple themselves from the NBA and the NBA's schedule. I I think that we've gotta imagine that they're going to play a full 82 game season next season right so no matter what they end up choosing here they're they're almost a guarantee that that their priority is going to make sure that they maintain the 82 game schedule for 2020 2021 right yeah yeah absolutely absolutely okay uh injury updates can you give us injury update on myers jvr nate thompson if the season does return in May, so that's what the question was. Obviously, we're talking probably June. Would all three be back? Here's what he says. Myers is doing well. Over three weeks now, post-injury, he's doing very good. I believe he would have been cleared to play prior to the end of the regular season as originally scheduled. Uh, so we're close to that when he would be ready uh, now with there would have only been what, a week left in the regular season at this point. Uh, Thompson's issues have resolved. He's cleared to play now, so he's okay. JVR's finger is healing really well. He still needs a little time before it is fully healed, which is kind of what we expected when we announced the initial time frame, I believe, of four to six weeks. It would have been somewhere either just as the playoffs started or the first week of the playoffs. I think he's still trending that way. Everybody's doing well and feeling better. That's all positive, which means when they return to action, they'll all be healthy, which is good. 
Um, no real update on Oscar Limbaugh. He said he's still in the area continuing his treatments. He did say he's doing well, but it was such a quick response. I, I think that was more of a, yeah, he's doing okay, considering kind of response. There wasn't more to it. It wasn't a more detailed answer. Um, uh, here's the question that you wanted to talk about. Chuck, you mentioned earlier about um, Barry. He's talking about Barry Hanrahan, the assistant general manager in contracts. You have a bunch of pending UFAs and RFAs. It's a weird situation, but have you opened negotiations with any of them? Since the cap is uncertain and the season starting back up is uncertain, do you look at this as uh, on the back burner right now? Here's his response, and then I'll let you address it since this was the one you wanted to talk about. We haven't started any negotiations with any of our RFAs or UFAs at this point. Part of it is there is a lot of uncertainty at this point, what the cap number will be and when things will start up. There is some uncertainty. Having said that, I think we have some RFAs in particular that we have worked hard on the uh, file for the negotiation. I think we're certainly willing to have conversations with some of those players. The younger players that we will need to sign under any circumstance. I think if we can get ahead on some of those situations, we'll look at it. I think there are some situations where we'll wait to see the lay of the land before we can get too involved. We'll try to use some of this time to our advantage. Certainly, whether we start the negotiations or just prepare for them, typically this time of year is when you start building your files for the summer negotiations. This year isn't any different. Thoughts? I mean, the one positive here is that he's, I guess, being honest and forthright about um, the way that they go about negotiations. I thought that it was interesting that he said that, um, you know, younger players that fit that mold are are guys that he said are, are going to be the ones that they're going to want to resign in any potential scenario. And that when it comes to other guys, you know, they're going to see what the market dictates. Yeah. I mean, when you look at it, I mean, your RFAs are Nick Obey Nick Kubel, who they're going to probably want to bring back, Robert Haig, Phil Myers. I think they're going to want to bring both of them back as RFAs. And then the, the ones that you have the questions about are Nolan Patrick, uh, obviously Oscar Lindblom, obviously. Um, and, you know, then if you look down into the minors, is there anybody down there that really sticks out? I mean, Vorobiev, I think his his time as an NHL player here is done. I think he's going to end up going back to Russia. Uh, Nathan Noel doesn't really, you know, make any any difference. Uh, Mark Friedman, it's an interesting one. I think that they may try and bring him back too, even though he's slightly older at 24. Um, but uh, the UFAs, I think that's what's really interesting too. I think there's gonna they're just going to let a lot of these guys go. I mean, they're not going to bring back Nate Thompson. We know that. Pitlick is an interesting player. Derek Grant is an interesting player. Justin Braun is an interesting player. Brian Elliott is an interesting player. Like, I think they're all interesting as potentially coming back. Uh, I don't see Chris Stewart coming back. Um, I don't see Curtis Gabriel, Andy Walensky, Reese Wilcox, you know, Alex Lyon. I don't think any of those guys will be back, you know, that are down in the minors. But I think all the NHL UFAs, with the exception of Nate Thompson, are really kind of interesting characters who might, you know, come back in some role if the Flyers can make it work financially. I can see that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just got a weird uh, notification. So I always put everything out through Facebook, and I somehow just got kicked out of my own Facebook while I was trying to share our show. (laughs) I've never had this happen before. (laughs) This is this is what you get for doing all the work 
in in process. Like, stay with me. I know I'm doing most of the the, the talking here, but you know, stay with me. You can post share this to the Facebook later. <laughs> I don't know if I can now. You've just basically you've basically got yourself blocked by Facebook. I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> this is the weirdest thing to ever happen. Anyway, that's fantastic. Um, other what are the things you want to get to from the uh, Fletcher conference call? Um, well, let's, let's get to the, these other couple questions. Um, uh, he mentioned we talked about Lachinsky and Allison being signed. Does it look like any other college prospects, Kalenic, uh Kate specifically, are looking to uh, sign and turn pro? He said, I think Wyatt Kalanick and his family are looking at all his options and deciding what they want to do and what Wyatt wants to do moving forward. Again, there's really no urgency right now with the pause in the NHL season, the NCAA schedule being canceled. I think he's taking the time that he has to think through what he wants to do, which is his right. When he says that, there, there is another line. I'll get to that one in a second. But I, they, that means they want him to come out, and he hasn't decided to come out. I believe that Noah Cates will return to school next year. Cam York is going to return to school. Bobby Brink will return to school as they should. I think that's the best route for all three of those kids. So that's that's kind of newsy. Not that we thought any of them were going to come out right away, but nevertheless, they're all going back to college. But when he says, and I, I can take you back through any NCAA player that the Flyers have ever had, and that line is – um, they're going to take the time to, th- you know, that he has to think through what he wants to do, which is his right. That means that they've asked him to come out, and he hasn't decided if he wants to or not. This happened with JVR when he was at New Hampshire. Same thing. I can take you back to that conversation. Those conversations I used to have with Paul, and I, you could, I mean, Paul was the worst poker face ever, right? I mean, he used to sit there and and he would nod and he would have, be grinding his teeth and be like. Well, you know, he's going to take his time and think it through. You know, that's his right. It's his right to do that. You know, but they wanted him to come out. It's the same thing. They want him to come out, and the kid's not sure he wants to come out yet because they feel like they can develop him better than he can in college. Okay. Again, my take on it. Um, So, and then he just started talking about some players, how he's in touch with them. you know, talking to other GMs. Yeah, cetera, the, the player thing was interesting, I guess, maybe a little bit. Like, he said that JVR is the, the player rep, so he's the one that he's in contact with the most, but then said that he did reach out to uh, Claude Giroux and a couple of others. But it was really more about talking to them about the importance of, you know, staying safe and, and wishing well for their families. So it wasn't like there was anything too earth-shattering, you know? Right, right. So that's pretty much it. So that was uh, that was the Chuck press conference. we have any more comments over there since I can't see them? Uh, indeed, we do. Go ahead. Uh, over on Twitter, we had the comment, Russ, what a coup. How did you get Jesse the Body Ventura on the show? <laughs> Win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. Proud of you. That was a good job. It's Jesse. It's uh, my Justin error, Kins- man. That was my error, WWF. What do you think about uh, WrestleMania being done without a crowd? It's stupid, and they're doing it over two nights. It's stupid, too. Although they were airing uh, last year's WrestleMania last night, which was fun. It wasn't fun. last year's. Yeah, part of it, it was. was. Res- it, was, it was WrestleMania 30. What's that? It was WrestleMania 30. Was the whole thing was WrestleMania 30? Yeah, on ESPN. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, it was from 2014. Okay. 
I thought, good it, times. I thought part of it good was times. last year. No, yeah. whatever. I think that's I actually that they what were they should they be were doing. Different WrestleManias. They showed the whole WrestleMania 30. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I, just I think that I like. It. I think it's a smart thing for them to do. I think it's actually what they should be doing instead of having this like dumb, empty arena crap they're doing now. They should kind of go back and we brought this up last week about how like NBC Sports Philly, if they have the rights to some of the games, the archive footage, they should you know work on getting um, players to kind of dub over top of it uh, with their own you know commentary on what they were thinking in that moment i think that's what they should be doing with these wrestlemania things especially because now is supposed to be the fever pitch time where you start to see the the um the the ratings kind of start to tick back up on the road to wrestlemania and instead they they saw a dip on monday night raw and smackdown i think they did the lowest rated smackdown last week since november which is not a good sign and by the way it's on fox so um doesn't look good when you're almost going south of two million viewers Anyway, I know nobody came here for wrestling. Uh, Justin Kent says, Earth, Wind, Fire, Heart. Oh, that was uh, Captain Planet. Ah. We got that in the moment. Ah. <laughs> okay. Dr. Catfish Charlie says, hi, Russ. Hey there, Dr. Catfish Charlie. Uh, Zen says, Anthony, holy crap, the quarantine has gotten to you. Yes, it has. Big time. It's going to get worse as we go forward, moving into the if, – if we're still – I mean, I think I'm going to have a different costume every week now until we're done with the quarantine. Makes sense. Uh, we just got a message from uh, SC7475 who says, you are not on Facebook. It stopped. Well, that's great. There goes our stream. <laughs> okay. On Facebook at least. But we're up on Twitter and YouTube. This is going to be fascinating but, to find out what happened with Facebook. They banned you, Russ. That would be something, wouldn't it? It would. I Go bet ahead. it was because of your like Unabomber look with the uh, the hoodie, the big sunglasses. Yeah, because the Unabomber wore pink heart sunglasses. That's why I look like the Unabomber. Yeah. Give me a break. Yeah. Uh, Chris Mack Double Zero says, "Will the NHL turn to buyouts for next year?" That's that's a great question. That's a really good question. It's something that they did coming out of the lockout. And it might be something that they do again and give teams the opportunity to, you know, if if in fact they have to, it's, a lot will depend on the salary cap. Like if it, if the cap comes down because of this, then yes, I think they will. If the cap stays the same or goes up, they probably won't or maybe give the teams an option for one. But you also got to remember with um, the Seattle team coming in the following season, there's an opportunity to get rid of some bad contracts there as well with the expansion draft. Um so there's there's that because the, the Seattle's got to get to at least the floor um, of the salary cap. So the, there are options coming in the next two years. But I, I think that's a great question. And I think it's something that could happen if the cap does go down because of this uh, pause in the in the season. Something that would work like an amnesty buyout. Yep. Uh, Briz, we miss you. We do. Any other comments there, Russ? Uh, there was a comment that you're kind of looking like Clinton Portis. Yeah, I like I liked Clinton Portis's press conference. I'm sure, you did. Thing that was good stuff. It's good stuff. I like it. Hey, you know what I wanted to get into? I want to I want to do wanna two things. I want to I want to talk about uh, Flyers coverage on uh, NBC Sports Philly uh, okay. of late. Um, and I'm not. It's it's been fine. It's not like it's been terrible. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and rip them or anything. Um, well, maybe for one thing. But uh, so they did predictions for who's going to win the class guy award 
the Yannick Dupree Class Guy Award this year. And it was Brooke Destra, um, Katie Emmer, Taryn Hatcher, Jordan Hall. They each made a prediction. Um, Brooke Destra picked Voracek. Uh, Katie Emmer and Taryn Hatcher both picked Matt Niskanen. And uh, Jordan Hall picked Kevin Hayes. Um, so the Yannick Dupree Class Guy Award, really, it used to be the whoever was had the best rapport with the media kind of changed slightly after that and it kind of you know they since they named it after yannick dupree they wanted it to be a little bit more about you know your involvement with the community as well it's not just being a good guy to the media it's being a little bit more than that going beyond that but the one thing that's really kind of important to understand with this award is you're not allowed to win it twice and so you look at a guy and i I thought it was interesting that destra mentioned vorchek because there's a guy now I didn't I'll be honest with you I didn't look it up to see if he's won it before um which I guess I can I can do right now as I'm talking um but uh he's he's a guy that I think deserves it if he hasn't won it before um just because of his um not just the way that he is uh you know honest with the media um but also um the fact that you know, if, if you remember when that kid that was hanging around with uh, with Giroux, um, uh, the uh, Make a Wish kid, um, which was awesome, Voracek was almost as involved with that whole thing. And and Brooke Destra does a nice job pointing that out. Like that's something that, that really kind of you know we all wrote about the relationship with Giroux because Giroux was his favorite player and everything else. But Voracek was just as as intimately involved um for uh, with that with that kid uh for those two days that he was there and that's something i think is really kind of important um to kind of understand so you know i would say as long as he hasn't won that award that um and I i can't find it i'm looking all over the internet i can't find it um uh, here we go. A list of Flyers award winners. Um, I, I would say that Voracek, you know, you can Niskanen's great, certainly deserving of it. Um, he's going to be here for another uh, another year. Um, Kevin Hayes is going to be here for a while, so he doesn't have to necessarily get it right now in his first season. Uh, it's certainly something that he can get down the road. Um, I think Voracek's been around for a long time and is probably uh, deserving of getting the the award so that's that would be my pick russ you got one no <laughs> uh i i think oh, he did win it never mind there you go he won it back in 13 14 so he can't get it <laughs> i think niskanen's done a really good job i think niskanen's like yeah. a really good stabilizing Nis- factor in, yeah. in the locker room he's a guy that that players talk about pretty highly yeah yeah he could be a guy that gets it he could be the guy that gets it. Yeah, Voracek Wouldn't won that be 13, a statement, though? You know, 13, his first 14. season with the team to to win that award. Yeah. It would mean something. I've given that award out three times. Really? Uh, yeah, I've presented it three times. Uh, Peter Forsberg, 05, 06. Um, Danny Briere, 08, 09. And Brian Boucher, 10, 11. Those three years, I presented the award on the ice. 
<laughs> Although the Forsberg one, uh, they decided that year um, to have the awards night on the day. It was not even a night. It was a day. It was a Sunday afternoon game. Um, and it was like the last, I think it was the last game, the last home game of the season. And it was, I don't know if it was, if it was the Rangers, Pittsburgh, whatever, 08, 09. So it was not the, it was not the uh, shootout game, but um, they decided that they were going to not have it because the TV, TV, TV was like, no, we have to start on time for television. So we pre-taped it. So the award was being presented in, in the, on the ice to the player with no fans. Like if you look at the photos and everything, there's nobody in the building. <laughs> and then they put it up on the screen during the first time out. Like all the all the awards <laughs> that were given out pregame. But they they made the players come out pregame and film it with nobody in the stands. <laughs> it was pretty wild. It was wild. So yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Um, so I wanted to mention that. Um, so I, yeah, I think that now maybe now knowing that Voracek uh, has won it, that my whole spiel to say that he deserves it, he can't get it. So I think Niskanen is a is a good choice then. Um, but here's another one that that they put out. They assemble. They did something called assembling the Flyers, all the all time Flyers team. This yeah. was written by a guy named Joe Fordyce, who I have no idea who Joe Fordyce is. Right, never met the guy. Don't know. I don't even. I don't even know if he's. Might be a nice guy. We don't know. Like, I don't even know if he's local, right? I know many people. I don't know this guy. Could be a okay. nice guy. Might not so be very I, nice. And, and I, I don't necessarily have a major problem with his story because when you look at it, he's, he breaks it down by lines, right? So I want you to tell me where, where this goes, goes wrong. His top line, Barbara Clark Leach. Okay. LCB line, greatest line of all time Flyers have ever had. Uh, mm-hmm. Two Hall of Famers on the line. Okay, fair enough. Second line, uh, Leclerc, Lindros, Tim Kerr. Okay, they didn't play together, but that would be a pretty awesome second line. Third line, Gagne, Giroux, Recchi. So far, so good, right? I'm good with that. Uh, fourth line, Tocket, Pool, and Prop. I'm also good with that. Okay, so it did good with the forwards. Defensemen. Well, before we get to the defensemen, because that, that's where I have my issue. The two goalies that he picked were Bernie and Ron Hextall. Hard to disagree with that, right? Okay. I mean, just all time. We're talking all time team. Yeah. It's hard to dis- it's hard to disagree with that. I mean, Lindbergh didn't play enough before he died. I mean, he would probably have been ahead of Hextall on that list. And there's not been anyone since Hextall until now. But we it, until Hart does anything, it's it's kind of hard to say that they want that he would belong ahead of Hextall. Now, defenseman first pair. Mark Howe, Barry Ashby. I get it with Barry Ashby. He was a glue guy for that the Stanley Cup team. He was beloved. Uh, and then, of course, he died. And then they put his number up in the rafters. He's the only player up in the rafters who has a number retired who's not in the Hall of Fame. Okay? Um, I get it. Certainly not the second-best defenseman in Flyers history. Not even sure I would put him in the top six. Um, but nevertheless, he's number two, or he's in the top pair. Second pair, Brad McCrimmon, Jim Watson. Again, two good defensemen. I'm not sure I'd put. I'm not sure I'd put either one of them in that second pair. Like 
to me, there were there. First of all, there was one guy who was left off this list entirely, and I'm going to get to. The, I'm going to keep going for a second, but and then there's another guy who's on this list, but wait, but down too far. Okay, third pairing: Eric Desjardins and Chris Terrian. Rico needs to be up with Hal. I mean, Desjardins is the, the easily the second best defenseman in the in this franchise's history, easily. The second best defenseman. Okay, and, and, and it's not even—it's not even close at this point. Now, could maybe Provorov catch him eventually? Sure, but not as of right now. It's Mark Hal, Eric Desjardins, and and no one else close enough because Desjardins lasted longer than everyone else. The fact that he's on the third pair is 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 a, a slight. And Bundy, I love Bundy, and he was a good defenseman. But I'm not sure he belongs in the top six. Russ, all time. Come on. <laughs> I mean, he's a good defenseman, but not. I mean, he he. Uh, most of his career was made off of playing with Eric Desjardins, and I guess yeah. that that's what this writer was trying to go for here. But I mean, I don't know. But there's more. <laughs> they, he put a fourth pair. He put a fourth pair. Totally logical. Because when I. When I first when I first read it and I saw the, and I saw those I'm like oh my god how can there's two guys not even mentioned how can you not have them on this list and then he had a fourth pair which doesn't make any sense and there's no explanation as to why there's a fourth pair but nevertheless at least he got one of them in there Kimo Timonen and Joe Watson Kimo probably should be third behind Hal and Desjardins. And then Joe Watson, which is fine. I, I would I would put Watson ahead of ahead of Bundy, I, and I might even put him ahead of McCrimmon, to be honest with you. Um, do you notice anybody not mentioned? Go on. I mean, I'm just curious if there's a name that just comes to mind for you that's not been mentioned. No, mm-hmm. nothing. What if I told you that there's a guy missing from this list? Now you talk about the team awards, right? The yeah. Barry Barry Ashby Trophy, okay, given to the best defenseman on a team. What if I told you that there's a guy not mentioned on this list who won that award in a year that the team went to the Stanley Cup final? And was probably the team's MVP that year. Should have been a Norris Trophy finalist. Wasn't. There was a big controversy about that. And has led to changes in how uh, the votes are cast for these awards, as a matter of fact. Chris Pronger, man. I thought you mentioned him already. No, that's. What I'm I thought, yeah, I, I don't know why I thought I, I thought you said him as like a second. Wow. Okay. I mean, how's he? How's Pronger not on here? Do we go for like that, length of tenure? And I get it. He wasn't here a long time. He was only here what three seasons. But it's not like it's it's not like you know. It's, I mean, is that what we're we're basing it on of just length of service? Is that why Chris Terrian's on? Because he was here for nine years, you know. Maybe. I I I don't know. I, I 
boy, oh boy. Like, how do you, he had the most, the best season of any defenseman for the Flyers since Desjardins for sure. And, and certainly since Hal, I'm going to even put Shell Samuelson ahead of a couple of these guys. And Samuelson won uh, the Ashby trophy twice, as a matter of fact, um, during his playing time with the, with the Flyers. But, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, Tiemann should have been higher, and Pronger should have been on the list. And it, I just think that whoever this guy is that wrote this kind of screwed up putting eight defensemen to begin with and then didn't include the guy that got him to the finals the last time they were there. So I agree. Just That's my a thought. bad omission. What's that? I said I agree. It's a bad omission. Yeah. So anyway, I think we've rambled. I've been like looking for things to be upset about. I'm not looking for anything. We needed a little bit of negativity. Just, Just a little. A little we bit. haven't had any in a while, right? We need a little yeah. bit of negativity. Yeah, it's been, it's been a while. So, and What's I'll be planning my uh, planning my outfit for the next uh, seven days before we record again. I'm really excited. I want to see what you uh, end up wearing to the next show. Okay. Like, can you can you possibly outdo this? Can you outdo the heart shaped sunglasses? Oh, I can outdo it. I guess this is going to be a thing for people to uh, look forward to every week now. I can outdo it until the until we're done until this thing is over with. I I see no reason why we shouldn't try this. Well, I look forward try. to uh, seeing what you've got. Have some fun. We're going to go back to doing uh, two shows a week. <laughs> we don't have Just enough kidding. to talk about to do two shows a week. Yeah, we could. We, we will could once the season stuff. returns. I, I have no problem do- going to two shows a week as soon as they start playing and we're getting into the playoffs. I think that's a real thing. Um, but as of right now, I don't think we have we don't have enough to do two shows. You know, there's always been like the watch along. You know about watch alongs? Yeah, I've been doing a couple of movies with that watch alongs with uh, with the cast of my play. Who we I haven't can been see doing that. We go get back together and do for a watch along of uh, Stanley Cup finals. Do the press row show. I don't know. If we want as to if we're there. Uh, okay. I won't do that. Well, I was going to check and see if we had any new five-star reviews over on our Facebook page, but now that I'm uh, locked out of Facebook for an indefinite period of time, can't do that. I'm actually upset. I wonder like, if I'm locked out, too. Did, that's a way to like communicate with my parents. That's how we like send pictures of our kids. Uh, I'm, Facebook, I'm cool. what are you doing? Let me, let me see if I can get onto your page, Russ. Oh, God. It'd be funny if, if you're not available. I'm kind of wondering now. Are you under are you under Russell? Joy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy, you're not even showing up. No way. Hold on. Did they delete my account? Yeah, yeah, you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even can't even get to you. <laughs> Am I going to have to start all over? <sighs> Did you tag me today in anything? Let me go to my mm. page. Did you tag me? I don't think so. I don't know the last time I tell you. We'll talk about this off the show. If you're listening <laughs> out there great. and you've ever gotten kicked out of your Facebook, uh, you know, reach out to me over on uh, uh, on Twitter at Joy Abroad. Russ I need got some, kicked uh, out of Facebook. Some advice. What if somebody from Facebook watches our show or listens to our show and they're like, that's clearly the guy. They had me <laughs> upload a picture of myself. Why am I uploading a picture of myself? I think it's hysterical. This is not good. This is not good for our brand. 
Uh, good stuff. Good stuff, Rob. I'm glad I Check and see if the Snow the Goalie tonight. page is still there. What's that? Check and see if the, the Snow the Goalie page yeah, is yeah. there. Hold on. Hold on. I'll check that. Because you're listed as an administrator. So in theory, somebody Snow saw the Goalie Flyers access. podcast exists. Yes, it All does. Right, good. That page exists. Right. So we didn't lose so. our page. That's critical. Yeah. All right. Well, as well. We'll try to figure this out. Anyway, thanks for tuning in to Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast, the People's Podcast, Players Podcast, Prognosticators Podcast, Peter Light Podcast, Pandemic Podcast, Pampers Podcast, Everything Podcast. Um, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, for those who uh, tuned in over on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube Live and everything, had a good time with us and enjoyed watching uh, Anthony and this, all of this. <laughs> so, good stuff uh, man for Anthony I'm Russ thanks for tuning in and you know go subscribe to the podcast channel over on Spotify Apple Podcast Google Play Stitcher wherever else you get your podcasts leave a five star review make Anthony smile that's what it's all about it's like the hokey pokey that's what it's all about